My name is Roshan Hindia. Welcome to Sotastic Podcast. We have with us uh, two amazing guests, Pranesh Shah and his son, Pratham Shah. Hey guys, how are you today? Hey, doing well. Thank you, Roshan. Well, nice to have you on the podcast. Why don't we start off just uh, learning a little bit about you and your family. So, uh, Pranesh, can I have you just uh, start? Sure. Hey, thanks, Roshan. Hey, hi. This is uh, Pranesh Shah here. Uh, from a family background perspective, uh, back in India, uh, we are, my grandfather was from Gujarat. He moved, we moved to Bombay in 1940s uh, when my grandfather was 13 year old. And uh, we have been in Bombay ever since. So I'm like, a, you know, born, brought up everything in uh, Bombay. Did my ed- education also back there. Uh, been, uh, you know, from a, a bachelor of engineering, had a fantastic, you know, run at college and a couple of years of, you know, post-college uh, stints I did in terms of, you know, having my own companies. And then I moved to mm. the co- corporate world. And now, you know, last 22 years, I've been in the industry, uh, in the corporate world and working for the big four and very, 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 very happy with where I am. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. Pratham, can I see you introduce yourself? Yeah, definitely. So my name is Pratham Shah. I was born in Mumbai when I was eight, nine months old, and I moved to the U.S. when I was less than a year old. I currently attend the University of uh, Indiana at Kelly School of Business, and I'm pursuing the finance degree. Wow. Nice. Nice. And uh, I know, uh, uh, Pranaya, you come from a family, you have, uh, obviously, you and your wife are raising not just Pratham, but you also have a a 13-year-old uh, son, Nimitha, so... It keeps us busy, both the boys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay, so let, let me ask you this, Pranay. So you started uh, to instill financial knowledge into your kids early. So can you just help me understand a little bit about your philosophy? Why was it important for you to sow that financial knowledge? So I think one of the first things uh, that I've seen as I was, you know, early on in my childhood... And as I saw that struggle, what the struggle that they had seen from, you know, coming from village to a bigger place like um, Mumbai, I kind of saw firsthand what life is at, what, you know, what is, what hard work goes into earning every rupee or every, you know, dollar eventually. Hmm. So I've seen the struggles firsthand and that is when I realized that, you know, for, you know, it's, it's very important to inculcate the, the culture of, you know, hard work the commitment and, you know, your style of working and building relationships is so important, uh, which will, you know, translate into the, you know, the financial choices that you make, the financial wisdom that you need to have, uh, how to use your money, how, where to, you know, spend the money, where to invest your money. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I saw firsthand that I realized that it's very important as I came to the U.S. in, uh, you know, the last, you know, uh, 20 years ago hmm. and when my kids were born and I was like hey they don't have that kind of a background or you know culture of seeing those things that I have seen hmm. so it is very important for me to you know share some stories and sa- share some real life examples you know by me practicing and sowing the seeds of financial you know knowledge and hmm. you know finance comes afterward the first I think about is how do we enable the kids to make the right choices in terms of education, in terms of culture, in terms of, you know, uh, the philanthropy also, because Mm -hmm. once you have the money, it's, uh, you know, how to use it is also very important aspect. So Mm -hmm. my philosophy is about, you know, the financial 
investing, financial growth, finance, and all that, but it should you know match up with the wisdom that you have so that you can use the money wisely for the larger good. Make money, make a lot of money, but at the end of it, balance it, you know, do it, spend for yourself, of course, but, you know, do the larger good. That is my philosophy. Wow. Okay. Pratham, uh, let, let me ask your perspective. Uh, did you see that philosophy starting to get instilled and how has that developed over time for you? I think definitely. So um, financial literacy, I think, allows people to have better future, a more secure future. And uh, as far as I know, I think investments have the biggest possibilities for return. So doing like knowing financial literacy helps you and helps others around you by, you know, by budgeting, by saving, by investing. A lot of these things, a lot of people don't do, don't know how to do. And it's like, we, we, we think that the majority of people do, but just throw some stats out there. Over 50% of Americans actually live paycheck to paycheck and 20% of Americans don't even save their annual income. So knowing that I, I didn't want to be in that statistic. I wanted to be able to help myself, help my family in the future, help the people around me. And this was the way to go. Wow. Well, I, you know what, Pranay, uh, I, I can already tell uh, the, the sort of the wisdom you've already started instilling. I mean, at, yeah. at 17 years old, Pratham, you are, uh, you're, you're talking like people that uh, made a lot of financial mistakes uh, and in their 30s and 40s are just starting to realize that. So you definitely have a, you, you definitely have a, an early start. So that, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good stuff. Okay. So, uh, so let, me, let me go from uh, now philosophical to more practical. So Pranay, um, when did you start uh, instilling that financial mindset into your kids and like what were some of the practical things you did to help there is a there is a three three step process if i recollected you know rightly depend and it's all depending on the age where they are when they were in the initial ages uh like you know four five six seven i would kind of you know for how to spend the money you know how to spend the dollar what do you want to buy what you don't want to buy and how to and eventually as they started you know using that mm-hmm. from age like six seven and eight i would say overlap I used to motivate them how to earn money by doing household chores or, you know, helping, doing even a good deed. Hey, if you do this good deed, like, you know, donate or, you know, spend your time helping somebody, I will give you a dollar. So it was a mix of earning while doing good things. So that was, yeah, that, that was the second part of the phase. Then eventually as they grew up like eight, nine and 10, I would, you know, make them, you know, focus more on, okay, now you need to start saving for, you know, think about college because college is like eight years away. Mm. And that is how I started, okay, give, you know, $1 a day or the uh, other way I would do it is, okay, if you want to spend so much, 5% or 10% of the money, you, you know, scale back and save that money for dollar. So if you, mm. let's say if you go out for eating and we typically know would spend uh, 60 bucks to $100 for a family of four. Hmm. I would say, okay, pick a choice, $100. Now you can, you know, use this money for a, you know, one of the weekends or one of the month and whether, where do you want to eat? And hmm. the, all the re- remaining money goes to your fund, college hmm. fund. Hmm. So then they would say, okay, dad, maybe we can, you know, cook sometimes more healthier, cook at home and I will get, take that money. Hmm. Or they would say, hey, okay, now I, now I've saved enough for the last two weeks. Let's just, you know, binge and eat whatever you want to eat. So it's, you know, just basically empowering them 
to do whatever they feel is right but you know having that sense of you know that money earning every dollar is so hard mm. you kind of have to make sure that they realize that value then that once you have the dollar thing settled mm. all that multiplier effect will happen that same mm. philosophy will scale up eventually uh so so that's that's how my journey you know started you know planting the seeds of what is you know important and how do you spend the money i'm glad you started going into giving that sense of ownership to your kids and saying okay whatever choices you make good or bad you live with the consequences right, right. And, I, and i think a lot of parents try to you know protect their kids from the, the some of the bad choices and i think it's okay to make it in a safe environment right so that's awesome that's awesome so right. you said you started doing that from 6 to 7 uh and then you started doing the house household chores and doing the um earning and giving teaching them those aspects of it um th- there is one one uh, story that i want to uh, get into a- a- which is how you told me you got your son involved into investing in the first place but before we get to that uh pratham let me ask you this uh those practical things early on now what did you see uh, did you see that you did you feel like your dad was trying to uh, push you hard did you feel like your dad and mom were trying to teach you the right things let, let me get your perspective please yeah so when i was younger um i i also never got an allowance it was like i these were the chores i had to do i didn't get paid for it or anything while a lot of my other friends got like a weekly or monthly allowance of doing specific chores that they had to do and things like that and i think it was honestly a good thing for me like it wasn't what they were trying to put in but if i had my own allowance and i was getting the same money every week or every month i would use that money instantly because i know i was i'd be getting more money the next following week or following month so being this like when my my dad always used to give me whatever money i needed for whatever it was and me having the responsibility of knowing that it's my parents money and it's not like my own because it's on my allowance it made me like it made me rethink what i was buying and if it was really necessary to me and it, sometimes it even made me feel bad like you know maybe i shouldn't be buying this because i'm not using mine it's their money and wow. they worked hard for it but i'm just using it for something that i won't even i won't even remember in the next week oh wow so okay. yeah okay. so but at that time though while you were going through it uh was there yeah. at least a li- little bit of sense of regret that hey my friends have money uh to spend yeah definitely yeah because my my friends would be able to buy whatever they could with whatever allowance they had while i even even if like i could ask for anything i wanted i didn't want to because i felt bad about asking for it <laughs> so so uh pranay let me ask this uh you know i i'm sure you may have felt that from pratham saying hey dad my friends have uh you know money that they can freely spend but you're not giving like did you have that conversation with your son to to help them understand why no so a very interesting thing is the uh, allowance concept we have never talked about mm. uh it it was never he had never asked for the, hey we, i should get x amount of dollars each week mm. he has never asked that mm. what he has always you know the experience that i had you know buying a 400 dollars shoes sports shoes versus a 100 dollar that was the struggle that hey why dad why can i buy it at 200 or 300 dollars mm-hmm. sure why should mm-hmm. i just spend limited to 100 dollar those were the chats and conversations we kind of used to have what yeah he has never asked for money for you know for that hey there i need to have fixed money because he nice. knew that i would i would spend whatever he needs at any point of time mostly 
Mm, okay. Okay. So, so let, let me let me uh, let, let me bring us to uh, what I wanted to make sure we definitely had a chance to cover. So, yeah. Pratima, I know you're studying uh, you're studying investing now. Um, it was interesting to me when uh, you know I, I met you guys a couple of months back, where you mentioned uh, how. Brennan, you got your son involved into investing and it started from household chore, specifically, you know, mowing lawns and things like that. But to say, hey, how can I take this and get my son interested into investing and managing his own money? So would you mind just sharing that story a little bit, please? Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll take a stab at it and then Pratham can throw more, co- you know, commentary. So once he, once I realized this was, uh, so right now he's in, uh, He's in college, but this was, you know, two, two, three years ago. And he had taken, you know, a lot of interest in business and finance. And I think he has seen us, you know, from a business background family that I always have that interest. Hey, you should always think like a, you know, businessman, even if you're doing job, it's not just a job, right? It's, you have to think more of like, you own this, you own this, you know, book of, you know, book of business from a PNL perspective, you have to think like a more of a, it's your own business. Now, having said that, he picked up courses in high school, which were more business and finance related. He used to dabble in fake money. And uh, he spent a year, close to a year, learning, investing. And I used to see that he has a lot of interest. He's a lot of, you know, pent up, pent up interest. And he used to spend, you know, reading books and understanding. Once I saw that, I was like, okay, he, this guy is really into it and he wants it and he has all, already used fake money. And I was like, okay, let me start with some dollars and see what he does in investing. Because, you know, I've been doing, you know, investment, uh, you know, in investing for a long time, mm-hmm. but our philosophy is, you know, different. It's mix of, you know, conservative to aggressive. And we mm-hmm. know how much dollars to put at risk versus how much dollars to put at safe and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, kids don't have that. But I, I didn't want to put, you know, my constraint or my thought process into it. I said, okay, awesome. let's let's see what, what he wants to do. So first time I gave him $500, opened up an investment banking account. And I said, okay, this is the $500 you want to use. And just play around. And I told him very upfront that even if it becomes zero, don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. As long as it doesn't go minus. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, with, with the uh, platforms that you have, have out there, you can take risks where it can go, you know, minus couple uh, K also. So I said, as long as, you know, let's start with 500 and see where, where it goes. Gave him 500 and then he started, you know, he, he got excited and he started, you know, using it. And I watched it for three months and he was, he was doing well. He, you know, he made some money, he lost some money. But one thing I realized is that he was not taking the kind of extreme risk that I was worried about. Mm-hmm. So that gave me the confidence that he's doing the right thing. It was in the right ballpark. Then I increased that five hundred dollars to thousand, and then two thousand, and three thousand. So right now he has a portfolio which is around five thousand dollars, and he and and he plays around, and and I think that was very important for me to, you know, because see there is one thing that you really go through the books and learn, mm. but there is and you use fake money, mm. but there is a completely different experience when you use real money, and I think the responsibility and the actions that you take. That kind of, you know, once the kid or that, you know, when Pratham had that experience, then I realized that what he was reading in books and thinking about theorems and what is the art of the possible, mm. what is, when you apply to real life, how much of that is real? Right. And I wanted him to go through that experience. 
because you know when they are that young they are always in a dream world mm. of how much millions they can make and i was like yes you can make it but let's start you know let's start with the basics start slow and once you get that you know that that feeling when you really feel and touch it then you will realize that you know money you know how to you know the value of a dollar right back to the initial question that i had then you really realize the value of a dollar and then one of the things i wanted you know pratham to do is that yeah stock you know stocks investing and all that is great but his focus should be more of you know learning and educate you know grabbing the education at the age that he has and in parallel you know investing stock money making is there but i wanted to you know balance it out between his urge of making me millions mm. and the right age to study because this age will not come back mm. so so i i just wanted to make the right balance and then let him thrive in that environment that i'm giving him pratham uh, let me let me uh, understand your perspective so when your dad uh, first came to you to say hey i'm going to give you money to invest what what was your thought process like hey is this free money that he's giving me all of a sudden I, i'm going back to the mowing lawn aspect because i remember uh, it was a way to say hey if i can pay somebody just to you know earn that much money to pay somebody else to do it then that's a great start yeah so uh, my dad actually didn't come to me with the 500 i asked him for it after using the fake money and stuff i started getting more interested in it so i asked him like can you give me a couple hundred dollars of real money so i can at least try it out and learn new stuff and while through i was doing all of this investing my main like focus was trying to learn new things and just trying to gain a lot of knowledge like the money part was like yeah i'll lose some i'll make some but knowing like after my dad said if it goes to zero it doesn't matter so using that like knowledge i didn't like i didn't like waste the money or just like gamble on it but i just tried to understand what i was doing and if uh everything i was doing was correct or if i was making a mistake how could i fix that and things like that so that's what i was really focused on until i started getting more used to it mm-hmm. and going back to like the loading the lawn aspect so yeah a, a while ago um my father asked me to mow the lawn and we were jane so i told him because i because we were jane, jane we couldn't mow yeah we couldn't mow lawns because it um kills the animals in one sense and two sense beings in the grass so i asked him to pay someone else for it or something and yeah that's kind of how that story came about <laughs> nice nice uh, yeah, so, yeah. but uh, as as we all get to know that there is a big difference between theoretical versus practical right and so when you were playing with uh fake money the things that you learn versus the the things that you learn with actual money that you may lose or gain help me understand the difference like what did you start seeing between the two and and so, were, was all of the the theoretical knowledge useless or useless help me understand that aspect please so yeah definitely so when i was using all this fake money you kind of think of it as like maybe points or something like that in a game cuz it it kind of looks like you're playing a game to be honest even when you're using real money it looks like it's a game and when i was using fake money i always thought like oh it, it like it wouldn't matter if i lost it or made anything so i used to throw money to see to see the outcomes just test your test your luck but when it comes to real money it's like every dollar you make or 
it's your blood and sweat going into it. Like mm. your your entire emotions are conveyed in the amount of money you like not conveyed, but your the emotions, every dollar you see coming or going, it makes like a big impact on you. Like if you're down ten percent, up ten percent, it makes a huge difference because you're always thinking about, oh, like I'm losing sec like tens of dollars by the minute or making tens of dollars by the minute so there's a big difference between fake money and real money because of the fact that it was money like you could use this on in the stock market or you can use it to buy yourself food or clothes or something while fake money it was just testing your luck testing your bets seeing what was what you could try things like that but it was useful i would definitely say it's useful because i did learn a lot about using using like i didn't want to use real money at the time because i didn't want to like waste if i lost a lot of money i wouldn't like that wouldn't be very good so using that fake money helped me just it was like something in my head so i didn't have to think about the loss of money but still using the same concepts and figures and things like that when i was doing both stuff good stuff okay so um yeah. so now we talk about the practical things and the philo- uh, philosophy that you tried to instill Brene. let me let me uh let me sort of flip it on the other side when you were trying to instill some of this uh practical and philosophical knowledge into you, both your kids like what are some of the challenges you ran into like hey you're trying to convey something but either they're not getting it or they're getting the wrong message like what were some of the challenges that you ran into yeah and i think one of the challenges uh that is that is very important right when you are trying to trying to instill that sense and while the 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 mindset of the kids is more about you know they want to go to school they want to have fun with the you know friends they want to go to parties and get togethers and all that right so i think it is it is hard for the kids to balance it out just to understand because some of the financial because the financial decisions that you make i was i i realized i was 2 to 3 years you know ahead compared to other parents or other kids so when my kids used to go and hang out and the kind of wisdom that they had so it was kind of a, you know disconnect to to an extent and they wouldn't talk the same same language that me and my kids or i, I kind of know that they would not talk the same language or majority of the kids don't think it that way mm. one of the things that i realized eventually when i when i saw that challenge and then i was talking to pratham that you know you choose your friends you know wisely right choose mm-hmm. the friends who are in a similar mindset or a similar thought process and i think eventually i saw some twist and maybe it was me or maybe it was a natural progression for pratham mm-hmm. i i cannot take the uh, credit credit for it but he used to hang out with friends who were more entrepreneurial in nature good uh and and i kind of see his you know his uh, t- transition to where he hangs out with people who are more business minded who are more with financial wisdom and who wants to earn a living while they are doing their education and all that they are making money on the side mm-hmm. and not through just normal means of doing a job but really doing you know business and creative ways of doing which is not the traditional americans you know way of working at a pizza hut or a subway or all that mm-hmm. Mm. that is a which is also great once in a mm. while you know he has gone into that and dabbled it but then he realized that this is not in it for me i i don't want to be the person just making you know 12 dollars or 14 dollars an hour mm. i want to do something and he has you know spent time in other you know areas mm. and then he realized that okay if i really want to make something out of my life career mm. i need to think bigger and think broader and do multiple you know creative things mm. 
mm. uh, to challenge myself and based on the times that are changing mm. where to spend the time to make the best use of you know uh, from a dollar multiplication perspective wow and yeah so i mean the the company aspect i mean you are the company you keep right so you know I, one of the uh, one of the the things i i was taught early on uh, by just a lot of great financial coaches in my life is that you know um i don't have to tell somebody how much i make just tell them uh, the five or six closest friend how much money they make if you average that out you'll see that their income turned out to be my income either uh, you can work hard to you know be the one person in your company that's uh going over and above and doing a lot of great decisions uh financially or you can try to change your company right and get that shortcut so no that that's awesome uh pratham did you did you see um, your company start to change can you help me understand that shift a little bit of friends that you saw that were in a similar mindset that you were trying to get into versus friends that were not Yeah I think it was just about which of my friends were motivated to learn while which of my friends were just trying to have fun I think that was just the biggest difference and hanging out with people who are motivated who want to do something good who want to learn who like to you know learn new things and things like that started to rub off on me I could say and I started or both ways i started to rub off on them they started to rub off on me and a lot of my friends i we sometimes do like investing together for a day we just sit on our computers sometimes mm. we used to do that so we just kind of we kind of i guess collided our interests and worked together to have fun while also learning something new and just making the best use of our time Rakan, that's the yeah, fun. And, and, and I can give a classic example, right? That uh, you know how you know in uh, stock trading or options, right? He would uh, Pratham would want to check. Hey, Dad, once in a while, not every time. He would say, mm-hmm. Dad, uh, you know, it is this 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 particular script, and this is the option, or this is the uh, put, or uh, you know, whatever he wants to do. And I used to always, you know, pause him. Like, have you have you done done your research? Uh, mm-hmm. Do you know the company? Uh, where is the intel coming from uh that is very important because sometimes you will have you know you know done all the research you need from online and computers and all that but where is the source of intel coming from is very important so i was like i had pratham that okay if you want to put this bold and it was a riskier bet then that's why he asked me mm. and i was like yeah you know and then i said hey talk to one of you know one or two of my friends here mm. they are into this right and make sure that you know your thought share your thought process with them and they have they have spent you know 15 to 20 years in this industry just spend one minute with them and just pick 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 their brain that's and awesome. that actually yeah that actually helped him to realize that hey you know this is what he was thinking about this this particular stock or company and which was true to in some reason and not true and my friends would guide him why and why not and what are the other things that are going on with the company that pratham might not know so that way i think the the horizon that pratham's thinking at this age they are thinking let's say a b and c but when they talk to two or three other people on in industry it completely goes to you know a lot more that their their horizon of thinking and the probable areas that they were not thought about that comes to life and i think that is very important at this age to just expand of what is what is possible and what are the different aspects of investment that they they need to think about 
And, and the, you, you bring up a, a very good uh, fundamental kids, I feel, should learn of who you should listen to. You know, you'll get advice from anybody and everybody, from friends, people that you like, people that you don't like. Advice is free. But now seeking out people that have already succeeded in that area that are willing to now help you. I mean, I think, Bernard, I think that, that to me, that, that's an amazing uh, thing that you did to make resources available to Pratham, who he could turn to and get some great knowledge, great feedback. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, Pratham, uh, did you run into any sort of challenges uh, that uh, you want to share while your parents were trying to teach you some of this knowledge? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I think my biggest barrier or obstacle was the barrier of vocabulary because knowing these kind of like literacy terms and financial terms and things like that, like learning about it is you, you first have to know what it means to be able to learn about it. So I had to go through and understand what each word, like what every word meant, what people were talking about in that field. Because when you're reading the news and things like that, those are the type of words that come up. And if you don't know what that means, how is that going to help you at all? You're just learning basically any, something useless because you, you, you're learning it, but you don't know what it means. So that I think was the biggest barrier because that took me like a lot of time to fully understand and know everything because it might be just words, but behind the words, there's a lot of complications to it. And it might mean something that it, it might mean something that you don't like what the word itself doesn't actually mean a lot of times. So knowing that I had to first learn the stuff to be able to implement it and use it. That's awesome. Good stuff. Okay. Let me bring this to closure. Let me ask you this. I've uh, heard uh, you guys mention that Pratham, as a result of some of this uh, foundation knowledge uh, for finances and things like that, some of the things that you learn to do and implement and whatnot, I know there are some, some uh, recognition and awards that you got as a result of some of the knowledge and things that you've done. Yeah, definitely. So one of the awards that I won was an entrepreneurship event in a club called Business Professionals of America. So okay. I won a state I won a state award in entrepreneurship, and that wasn't really a financial award. But what I did do was create an entire business plan and product for a com for like I created a company and business plan, and I had to pitch my idea to judges and kind of explain to them how this would be beneficial to the like rest of the world and how I would be able to bring it out as a product in the market and oh, wow. things like that. So it wasn't a lot of finance that I learned in that uh, event, but I did learn a lot about companies and creating a business plan because a business plan does have a lot of like the financial charts and things like that. Yeah. So I learned more about that through that. Uh, through the entrepreneurship event. And then the year after, I won a national award in the event called Financial Analyst Team. So okay. in that, we had to kind of help a failing business kind of give her advice on what she can do to turn her business around. And if wow. that's going online or maybe shutting down one of her store, one of her store locations or shifting one of her store locations or there's a, there's a plethora of possibilities that we could have chosen from. So what we had to do was kind of calculate the numbers, go down to the costs and understand what would be the best for this woman and what would be, what would help her the most in her business. Wow. And okay. through that, I won that award. 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, how, how old were you when you won the entrepreneurship award and the, and the financial analyst? I was a sophomore for entrepreneurship. So it's 15 and 15 for entrepreneurship, 16 for financial analyst. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Pranay, how, how did that make you feel? Uh, did you say, oh yeah, good, good. Or I'm sure that made you feel proud and you know, like this is, he's going the right direction. Yeah, no, no, of course, uh, it, it, it made us made us proud for sure. And one of the things I always tell my kids, right, find your strengths. Find your strengths, you know, in, in school or in college life or that is, you know, important as they go into the work life also. Find your strength and play to your strengths. Hmm. Grades, grades does matter. Focus on grades. But the hmm. biggest thing that I always, you know, in my own, on my own personal personal growth, I would say is, you know, as long as you know your strengths, so first of all, mm. you should know mm. your strength. Okay. And one, and, and the way, and when I saw Pratham that, okay, he was, you know, he was using his strength and he was getting that recognition. Mm. And I think that confidence that builds into the kid, mm. uh, that was, you know, more valuable to me that, okay, okay. now he is, you know, he's going after a passion that he likes, he's getting recognition. Mm. And now that, that confidence, that that's a cycle, right? The confidence that boosts him is taking into the next path and the next road. So mm. I kind of felt very happy knowing that he found his strength and he got recognition for that. That is very important. Wow. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know what? Uh, it, it just, it just validates the choices you made leading up to, you know, uh, him getting recognition for, okay. for some of the decisions he made. So that, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, and let me ask, uh, Pratham this first and then ask Pranay this, okay? Pratham, if you can, uh, if you could turn back time and talk to your, uh, you know, six-year-old, seven-year-old, eight-year-old self, um, what advice would you give him knowing what you know now about, about financial mindset? Honestly, I would say the number one thing is just to be okay to fail, you know? Like, mm. fail as much as you can. It shouldn't be something. And after a fail isn't like, being defeated or losing or anything it's just it's understanding what you know and how you can grow mm. through what you've done in the past and i think honestly you always come out smarter and a more knowledgeable person after failing something or doing something that you didn't quite expect or something like that mm. so i think that that's the number one most thing i would tell my like younger self it's not bad thing to fail. And another thing I would say would be um, never, never use money that you absolutely need when you're investing and things like that, because you always know that this money could become zero in a blink. And I know this isn't, it wasn't for me, but I'm just talking about in general. A lot of people will think that investing is a game and they'll use whatever much necessary money that they have and try to bet on it. And it's a gamble. I mean, mm. if you don't know like specific things and things like that, it's really tough to be able to make a, a, a consistent income, I would say. Mm. So for everyone out there, I would just say, um, just never, never use money that you need. Mm. Good stuff. That's awesome. I, I love the, the be willing to fail. That, that is an incredible advice that you know, I, I know kids uh, with uh, sometimes some of the peer pressure, some of the parental pressure, sometimes they feel like uh, if I fail, you know, I'm going to be a failure for, for life or they, they have that sense of dread. It's okay. Failing is just a step along the way to succeeding. 
Yeah, Pranaya, what, what would you advise yourself? You know, especially the knowledge that you've gained, uh, you know, now where you are professionally in your life, um, having kids that you've taught, seeing some, have, having seen some of the mistakes they've made. Um, what would you advise your younger self, your kid self? Yeah, so I think a couple of couple of things that come to mind as as you know we have grown in career and all that you know pick pick your companies or keep it, choose your choose who you hang out with very wisely. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way in your quality of life, in mm-hmm. your you know, mental self health uh, or your sense of you know goodness that you will feel. Apart from all the financial benefits and all that, I'm not talking about hey, just hang out with rich kids or rich families and all that. Mm. Hang out with people who have the right balance of finance and you know philosophy and it kind of match like good human beings. That I've been always telling my kids always, mm. you know, at the end of it, I just want you to be good human beings. Mm. As long as you stick to human values and have that grounded, doesn't matter. You will. We all have ups and downs in life. Mm. as long as that your core is strong mm. you will you will be successful in life no matter what you mm. will be you will good things you know and i am strong believer of good things happens to good people at the right time you mm. sometimes you have to wait it out so that is one and you know using you know i always come back to i, I don't talk about multi, i always talk about single digit either 1 rupee or 1 dollar the value of it and mm. that is that is very important to come back to the smallest denominator and second and the reason i come back to it is never in your life you know kids and we all of us meet people who are above us people who are below us mm. and you know that you should never you know d- d- differentiate mm. and that is where i'm saying the value of a dollar even if a person is coming and you know sweeping your floor in your house and coming Mm. The respect that you give to them should be the same respect that you give to a CEO of a company. So that is one thing that I, you know, apart from all the financial wisdom and all that, that I we have continued to give, mm. uh, that we will definitely as parents, we are focused on that. But my thinking is all about, you know, giving the, the character and the culture mm. that will, that will shine up, right? That combination of, you know, money and character that always is a solid combination. So that, mm. that, that would be my advice that I would keep giving to my kids or any other kid that I, you know, you know, face up or come up to or get my advice. Mm. Uh, that's how. And the second thing from, to be real practical, right? From a financial perspective, one of the things that I realized that I should, I should do more is the value of compounding interest. You know, the, the mm. story of how the money multiplies even with six or 8% growth mm. over a period of time. And I think that is one thing that I would definitely at the right time, share that with the you know kids at the right age when they understand because they all in the age of you know making millions and multiplying mm. by doing multiple stuff mm. but there is a simple concept also while they're doing all that how simple for some of the dollars that are set aside what is the value of you know multiplying you know with the compound interest concept so that mm. is something that i would definitely encourage other parents to do wow wow that's awesome well, thank you guys. I appreciated having you guys as guests. And, uh, you know, the, the knowledge that you guys shared uh, is it's extremely practical, extremely valuable. So I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so thank much you. for having thank us. You all the best, Roshan. Thanks for your time. Thank you. The ideas, techniques, approaches, 
information and opinions expressed in this video or podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Sotastic LLC and its employees. While the primary purpose is to educate and inform, it does not constitute professional advice or services. We hope, however, that the content presented here will assist you in developing a strong financial understanding and mindset. You may not edit, modify, copy, or redistribute this video or podcast with any other website, computer, or playing device. Use of this video or podcast constitutes acceptance of these terms.